Hello, this is Ken, your podcast preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Fear Stone, When Fear Gets Confused as Wisdom. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode five of five. Another type of weird fractozoidal thinking is when someone who clearly has a struggle in an area of their life is spending an inordinate amount of time trying to get it right by living vicariously through your life. So instead of dealing with the big log in their eye, drinking, drugs, thievery, laziness, practicing dumbmanship, or gambling, to name a few, they focus on you as sort of a template for getting it right by telling you how you should live. Matthew 7, 3, 5. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, how does wisdom cloak a bond in this situation? The fear is that they are afraid to look at their stuff because they may not believe things can ever get better. So by outwardly working on you, they can come to the belief that they are giving a bit of solid advice and wisdom, even though they remain in fear of their own struggle. I don't know about you, but I remember when my mom and dad used to say, don't do what I do, do what I say. To be honest, there are a thousand reasons why we default fear to an act of wisdom, and truly you are the best judge of this when you are doing it. If you move in absolute faith, you will be challenged and some even attacked. If you move purely in science, you will be attacked for lacking faith. If you believe in both, you will be attacked for being noncommittal and for not believing solely in one or the other. My suggestion is to strive for the fruit that Jesus had. If you want the operation of spiritual gifts, then, as Paul states, earnestly desire the best gifts. 1 Corinthians 12.31 and 14.1 Just don't forget the more excellent way. This way does not replace that way. It just sets the bar higher, and I think it sets you up to operate in the gifts properly, meaning for the right reasons. 1 Corinthians 13 and 14.1 now we add another ingredient to the mix so as not to mislead you into thinking you just need to pray and God will move specifically to your request. There are many books on faith, and I have some messages on it as well. But in this brief paragraph, I will try and show that it is important for the cookies to turn out just right. 2 Corinthians 13.5 Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Pray for God to move on your behalf in his will. If he would do it for Jesus, he will do it for you. If it is a desire of his heart, he will respond to the request of your heart, as long as there is an alignment to his. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Luke 18:8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Jesus has a wonderful way of concerning us of our condition. We can shout out, no, not me. This will not be me. But then Peter did the same thing. And the very thing he admittedly denied that he would do, he did, and not just once. You know, in case he forgot what he promised, but three times. Matthew 26 31:35. Let's see what Matthew 8:10 states. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, 
Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Matthew 15, 28. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Acts 6, 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. What? You see the connection? Be full of faith and great wonders will appear. Why? Because the gospel never changes. People do not change, at least not in terms of how seeing the kingdom in operation in both word and power can change their life. Great things happen with great faith. Or, Matthew 8:26. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. Now we see here that fear left no room for great faith, or for that matter, not much faith at all. But now wasn't it a wise thing to wake up the master Jesus to warn him the boat was about to sink? We wouldn't want him to drift down to the bottom of the Sea of Galilee with his my pillow, would we? Sometimes the counterfeit wisdom works against our purpose. It's the spy in disguise. 2 Corinthians 10:15. Not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope, that is, your faith is increased. We shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. The marker is mobily movable. You can increase your faith by reason and practice. For me, this requires quieting the mind and assessing whether I am in faith in a specific situation or not. I ask God, is this a test or a trial? Have I opened the wrong door so that I am not receiving my request? Did you not give me this thing in the first place so that you could take it away later, right? No, and no worries. If you are confused, I think my questions and weird sense of wrestling with God might even confuse him from time to time. But so I do me to see if there is any faith in me. Do the same and increase your faith capacity. But, but, but what about the dead people waking up? Did they have faith? John 11:14. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. John 11, 1 through 44. Acts 9, 40. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Acts 9, 36, 41. Acts 29, 10. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eucalus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embraced him, said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Luke 7, 12, 14. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. Luke 8, 52, 55. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, Do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside and took her by the hand and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. So we see in these few examples how faith remained in the dead, right? Nope, they are dead. Elvis has left the building. But so it was the faith of the individual praying along with the will of God.
for that situation to raise them up. You see, after many of these dead raising, many believe. Not related, but related is that Jesus stated this, John 12, 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Now, who can say that this wasn't the purpose as much as anything else, right? We know he was talking about himself in this verse, but no reason that he wasn't talking about these grain heads either, right? And like Jesus, who came back from the dead as well, they saw the harvest. Jesus is still reaping from his death and resurrection. So now as we come to the end, I hear some say, or maybe it's just me, that sometimes trouble comes as a six-shooter, and at other times like a fully automatic weapon. I have experienced both, and I must confess that neither is fun, but they do provide opportunities for us to see where we are at in this God thing. Do we cover our fear with a cloak of wisdom, or do we have the power of faith working on our situation until it bends to His and our wills? As Christians, we walk in two realms, the natural and the supernatural. Do not let the natural world guide your decisions. You will only get natural results. And this is a thing to measure in your life to see if you are in the world of faith. Natural response, natural solution. Faith response, spiritual solution. Well, that's it for today and for this message series. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of light to shine through into people's lives. Find a seat and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep water.